Hi and welcome. I'm Erin, the host of this podcast. Welcome to Fights and Fitness. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, just email us at fightsandfitness at gmail.com with your questions and comments. Thank you so much. And remember to subscribe um, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you find your podcasts. Okay, thanks so much. And let's get started. Okay, everyone, welcome to episode two of Fights and Fitness. I'm Erin, your host, as always. I hope everyone has had a wonderful week. I've had a good one, lots of uh, heavy squats, heavy deadlifts, some great AMRAPs with lots of toaster bar and pull-ups, etc. So that was fun. I'm feeling it today, I will say that. Uh, I did watch a video by Armin Hammer about Lefteris Theophanidis, and I did think it was, I knew there was something up when we didn't see him on the competition floor in strength and depth. But apparently he has um, been flagged for a PED violation uh, in Dubai. So we will see what happens there. He doesn't seem to be taking it very uh, uh, on the chin or being very humble about it or anything from what Armin Hammer was showing was on his Instagram. But we'll see what happens there. Uh, last week, obviously, Strength and Depth happened, uh, which was amazing it was really really great obviously team mayhem freedom they won their ticket so they're on their way not that anyone doubted it but they were given a run for their money by team wade from ireland and the uk and by uh, fight like fight like train.com train like fight.com excuse me gzm so they were great as well. So that was really fun to watch. The action was great and watching it was, um, being able to watch it was fantastic. So obviously we know that they won that. Uh, Kelsey Keel gets her invite um, through, uh, through Strength and Depth. Uh, the winner, obviously, Laura Horvath. Um, and obviously Gabrie Gabriella Magala already got her invite and so did Hayley Adams. And the invite on the male side to David Sharanki because Matt Fraser naturally won that. I don't think any of us thought that he wasn't going to win that. Also, so last weekend, we didn't have a UFC card. So what I did was I watched Bellator 238 from the week before, just the main card. I must say, I actually enjoyed that more than UFC Blades versus Dos Santos, which yeah, it wasn't the best card. But now UFC 247 coming up. Not the strongest main card either. I know we have Jones versus Reyes, yes. Um, and obviously we have Derek Lewis versus Ilir Latifi, which I'm interested to see. <laughs> I don't know if excited. I was watch I was listening to MMA Junkie and it was just they voiced what I was thinking that it it's either going to be super boring or a knockout. So it's either going to be a really bad night for Latifi or it's just going to be boring because we've seen that with Derek Lewis, but we'll see. And I do think that Reyes can get it done, although if I was a betting woman, which I'm not, I would probably bet on Jones. But the way he has been at the moment, um, I would say that, you know, Reyes definitely has a chance. I mean, he he won by split decision the last time, so anything can happen, obviously. But I would probably bet on Jones, although Reyes has a chance. Very athletic guy. 
So Bellator 238. Cyborg in the main event. But we'll go through the just the main card because I really, really enjoyed it. So in the first fight of the main card, and this was in Inglewood at the forum, we had Goldberg, McCarthy, and Thompson uh, as our commentators. I love Goldie. I do, <laughs> even though he's super annoying the way he says stuff. Even when he was he was interviewing Ryan Bader, and he has a smile on his face where he kind of curls his. I'm trying to do it. He curls his top lip in. And he he looks like he has no top lip, and you can just he looks as if he'd rather be anywhere else, as if he's just thinking, "Shut up, just shut up." Like he has his face on him. I, I don't understand it, but it is quite entertaining. I will say that. McCarthy, it is always weird for me to listen to John McCarthy purely because I've watched him for years as a ref and now to hear him as a commentator and going in and interviewing the fighters. I'm like, it's so weird. I don't know, but I love Big John. I like all the nicknames for the refs that sometimes they say. John Anik will say it in the UFC, like Tan Dan Mergliata, No Nonsense Keith Peterson. <laughs> Anyway, of course, you know, you watch it a, a lot when you know the refs. So, yay. So first fight of the night, uh, boxing champion Ava Knight versus Emily King. So, uh, right away, we were told that uh, Emily King was debuting in Bellator. And the next fight would be her husband, Jason King. And this just got more and more awkward. Okay more and more awkward for me because I just feel so bad when these things happen. So she's a fourth degree black belt. Uh, she wanted to get on the ground very quickly. Okay. Um, now there was a reversal. Ava Knight reversed it, but there were just continuous submission attempts by Emily King the entire time. Um, she gets onto her back, gets onto Ava Knight's back and she chokes her out. So Emily King wins uh, via rear naked choke in the first round. Ava Knight went to sleep. There was no tap. I will say that John McCarthy was like, well, I will give it to her. She didn't tap. She went to sleep. I'm not a fan of that. But then again, I am not a fighter. So I'm not trying to say that, that you know, the way they feel about it doesn't... Uh, that they don't feel like, oh, no, I can't tap. But... Why why risk any more damage to the brain? But, you know. Anyway, so then in the second fight, so obviously now this absolute delight. You see Jason King. They they switch cameras to Jason King in the locker room. And he's like, yeah, that's my baby and everything. Now, then they switch to Emily King. As she, after she's out, she's at the side. She's watching. You can see as her husband comes in, she's like, oh, yay. And you're just thinking, oh, God, please win. Just please win. And stop stop cutting to her. So the next fight was Raymond Daniels versus Jason King. Welterweight. Uh, the first fight was strawweight. So Raymond Daniels is a really, really uh, decorated uh, kickboxer. So I hear this, but I'm thinking, okay, maybe Jason King is just as good as his wife on the ground. But right from the start, there's a big kick from uh, Daniels. Lots of spinning attacks. He knocks down King three times. You can see King once in the ground. He is staying on the ground, but um, Daniels is having having none of it. And he he uh, you can see he wants him to come to the ground. Then King he kind of 
he's starting to he's trying for a leg lock. But then Raymond Daniels gets on top and just he's just there's unanswered strikes on the ground. Raymond Daniels wins via TKO first round. And what did one of the commentators said, your ground game doesn't matter if you're knocked out. I was like, well, yeah, I suppose that is true. Yeah, so he wins and he was really impressive and built that really, really cut. So obviously extremely awkward because poor Jason King loses and you know that his wife is watching and you just feel like such as bad for him. Feels so bad. Third fight of the night of the sorry of the main card was Sergio Pettis versus Alfred Kashakian. Now Sergio Pettis, he had been a free agent and decided to go to Bellator. He'd only really ever been in UFC. So why not? If he's getting paid, why not? So he this is in bantamweight. So slightly heavier for Sergio. But he looked good. He looked good. It was his Bellator debut. Um, they're very fast, the two of them. Very uh, fast. Sergio caught him with a right hand. Kept punching and then choked him out. Um, Alfred's arm was uh, trapped and Alfred went out. So actually the, the ref was Frank Trigg. So I thought that was cool. So first round submission, guillotine choke, uh, Sergio wins. So that was great. Great showing by Sergio Pettis. He looked fantastic. So good for him. Good for him. Um, I'm delighted for him. Fourth fight of the main card, Juan Archuleta versus Henry Corrales. Featherweight. I really like Juan Archuleta and Henry Corrales. Uh, it, this was very much a chess match in the beginning in you know from my point of view figuring each other out you hear the silly crowd booing they're obviously drunk and there's been a lot of they've been so blessed though like there's been so many finishes submissions that kind of thing going on but this is this is a good fight but very close if you could hear the i mean i could see that it was close but you hear the commentators say like this is close um i you don't want to leave it in the hands of the judges when it's like this so uh Round one was super close, but Big John scored round two for Archuleta. I would have as well. But in round three, I mean, it was just so close. The ref, uh, the commentators were actually just saying, like, go, it's too close not to go for it now. Um, obviously, lots of booze. Uh, lots, you know, the fighters were circling. So it really was extremely close. Um, but Juan Archuleta won that by decision. Um, again... Obviously, as the as the commentators were saying, you shouldn't, you know, that would have been the time to go for it. But again, I'm not a fighter. I'm not trying to judge. But um, yeah, it was just extremely close. Then, fifth fight, Darian Caldwell, who is my absolute fave, versus Adam Boric, who is also brilliant. So this is part of the featherweight Grand Prix. So Darian Caldwell going up. Barch um, was undefeated coming into this fight and the winner of this fight will face AJ McKee. So Jason Herzog, uh, the ref, really like him as a ref. He's great. So uh, Caldwell was looking strong early um, and he got it done in the first round. So first round, rear naked choke. Now, I really felt awful for Adam because he was crying. It's his first career loss. So you could see he was trying to cover it up, but I felt really awful for him. Of course, but I, I suppose like in MMA, when you're fighting the best, you're always fighting the best. It's There's no, you know, there's not that many easy fights for guys in MMA. Uh, you don't get the all the um, tune-up fights. 
all the time and it's just it is tough you fight the best guys and there's so many ways to lose you know so you're gonna have your that's what makes it so amazing people like john jones or khabib nurmagomedov or even tony ferguson who's on that streak it's amazing so yeah first round submission for darren caldwell i'm delighted for him uh, adam barge will be absolutely fine and come back really strong of course but uh, delighted for darian i must say when he's on he is on okay so cyborg uh, versus julia bud this is obviously the main event still cyborg is two years younger than me wow so julia bud also uh you know she's she's not uh smaller than cyborg that was interesting for me to see. So someone who is not uh, diminutive to Cyborg, she is built, she's, you know, a larger fighter, came in, she looked strong early, physically on par, but Chris is just a bit too much for her after the second round. She, So Chris finishes on top, but Julia looked great in the first round. But then Cyborg, Cyborg started taking over in the round two. And by third round... I mean, John had Cyborg up two rounds, Big John. So top control by Cyborg in third round, and then there was a TK in the beginning of the fourth round by Cyborg. She she crumpled Julia Bud. Body shot did it, but it was a barrage. So I must say, one of my worst things is when they uh, when they interview the losing fighter. You know, I I. That I, I hate that. I feel so bad for them. I kind of feel like, could they not just leave them be? You know? But anyway, that's the way it is. I feel bad for her. And she was just like, I'm so disappointed. Obviously, she's going to be disappointed. Cyborg is so nice. was really great with her. But, I mean, obviously, I wouldn't want to walk into her cage uh, opposite her. I can tell you that much. So, Cyborg, yeah. Bellator debut. What are they going to do with her now? I don't know. But if anyone can do it, it's... Scott Coker, who was, who had lunch with um, Logan Paul, so I, I, the whole YouTube thing, the whole YouTube sensations, fighting, all that stuff doesn't interest me, not even slightly, but I mean, obviously, if it's going to make money, it's going to make money, I just don't think that it should be part of, of actual, you know, any MMA show or anything, like, serious, I just, yeah, I'm just not into it, just not into it. Okay, so that was Balotor 238. Really great showing um, for Cyborg, for Pettis, for Caldwell. Um, I really enjoyed it. I actually enjoyed it more than the UFC card. But now onwards and upwards, we're going to Jones versus Reyes. So, yeah, my pick is... Would I just be optimistic and pick Reyes? You know what? I'm going to pick Reyes. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Very hesitantly. But I, I do think he can do it. But obviously, if Jones wins, not surprised. He is one of the all-time greats. I'm picking Valentina Shevchenko, obviously. I'm doing it. And I am picking Derek Lewis. So those fights I'm going to pick on the main card. Okay, so on to CrossFit. So, so far, I mean, there are right now 28 sanctions happening this year. Okay. That is a lot. It is crazy how it's grown. I, I really like it compared to regionals. Um, I really do. 
I do like it. Now, maybe not everyone does, and obviously change is never every, anybody's favorite thing. But I do find, I do think that the athletes have more opportunities now. That it's not just the one uh, way to get into, well, no, obviously not the one way we have the Open, but now you have all these different ways to get into the games. Plus, it's live competition, which is so different from the Open. So different. You can't re-record. You can't do it in your home gym with your favorite rope or your favorite, you know, uh, favorite area to do it and redo it. You, none of this. So live competition, it, I think that that is really good for them as well to to get experience there before they go to the games. Not just go to the open and go, which is a huge shock, I'm sure. So we've had... Let's see. So we've had a few already, obviously. Um, <clears throat> we've had the CrossFit Filthy 150. That was the first one for the season. So that was now, it was, it's the sanctions 2020, but that was in 2019. So November 22nd to 24th. So the winners, the winner in the uh, elite females was Sarah Sigmund's daughter. Sigmund's daughter, second Kristen Halter, third Emma McQuaid, but the invite went to fourth place Andrea Solberg. So the male winners, we had Justin Medeiros, he won and got the invite. So that was a little bit more, uh, you know, cut and dry there. Second was Roman Krennikov, really hoping that he makes it to the games because watching him was epic. Watching him was something else. That man knows how to suffer and as a quality for being a CrossFit athlete. That's an important one, being able to suffer. There's something about being able to suffer and not give up, and he's got that. Uh, third was Tim Paulson, who was really fun to watch as well. So I was actually at the Cross Filthy 150 in Dublin, uh, only for one day for the Sunday uh, due to work, but what can you do? Uh, so the second one we had was December 7th to 8th, 2019 in China, the Pandaland CrossFit Challenge. Oh, sorry, the team... Winners from Filthy 150, the invite went to Romwad Meat Squad. Second was the program, then the athlete program, and fourth nation. So obviously invite to Romwad Meat Squad because they can only get their invites through the sanctionals and not through the open. So Panlay CrossFit Challenge, the female elite winner, Harriet Roberts, she wins. Second, Elena Sanahuya from New Zealand. Sorry, Harriet, uh, yes, she was from, um, Harriet Robbins from, Roberts from New Zealand, won four out of five events. So she gets the invite there. So the male winner, Con Porter, he gets the invite. Second was Jacob Hepner, and I think he was the favorite, and it was really close. But, I mean, and Jacob Hepner is, you know, super happy for Con Porter, obviously. Like, they looked like they had a ball. And Con Porter, what a nice guy. Seems like. So the team was Team Butcher's Lab. Second was the athlete program. Third was uh, CrossFit Tourists. Oh, cheesy. Am I written it terribly? Excuse me if I got that wrong. But the winning team was Team Butcher's Lab with Andrea Houdet as part of that. Now, I know that he was at Strength and Depth and he's trying to get his individual invite. A really, you know, hectic story he has. His brother died. He kind of does it for him and his sister has um has a disability so you know he does it for them it's very sad but very motivating obviously and very he does it for them so that's great so 
The third was the Southford CrossFit Challenge in uh, Buenos Aires, Argentina, December 6th to 8th, uh, 2019. So it was apparently really hot, obviously. Uh, there were eight workouts. So the winner uh, was Bethany Shadburn, and she got the invite from that. Second was Madeline, Madeline Sturt. So the male winner was Peter Shaw, Canadian, and he got the invite. Second was Jay Crouch from Australia. The team that won was Team Odd Squad. So Alexis Johnson was on that and Brandon Luckish. So they get the invite there. So the fourth one then was your Dubai CrossFit Championship. And the winner of that was Sarah Sigmund's daughter, but obviously she's qualified already. Then second place, Karen Frey. But then again, so the invite gets passed to Sam Briggs. So delighted for her, a huge fan of Sam Briggs. I think she's fantastic. I just love watching her because she's always going to be, you know, one to watch. She's always going to be able to really pull it out in the endurance events or anything like that. It's just great to watch her. She's she's just great. And she's not super young, which is great for me because neither am I. So gives us a little bit of hope. Male winner, Brent Fakowski. He got the invite, but due to the open, so at the time he got the invite, but then later on the open invites were declined later on down the line. So obviously it got passed down and down and down to ninth place. Tola Morikino, absolutely delighted for him. He is definitely one of my favorite athletes to watch. Watching him lift weight is just epic. So delighted for him. Team winner, Misfit uh, P10 Performance. Uh, then the the Mayhem Classic was next in obviously Cookville, Tennessee at CrossFit Mayhem. The winner was Tia Toomey. She literally ran away with it. I know we spoke about this last time. Fisa Gaffey gets the invite though. The male winner, Chandler Smith. But Luke Schaefer gets the invite because Chandler's already got his and he's just brilliant as well. Then we had, the last one we had was Strength and Depth. And I know we've gone through this. Kelsey Kill gets the invite. Laura Horvath won. Male winner, Matt Fraser. David Schrunke uh, gets the invite. He was epic. The team winners, Mayhem Freedom, they get the invite. So our next one, so the next one supposed to be coming up is Fittest in Cape Town. Now, being from South Africa myself, I was delighted. You know, Fittest in Cape Town is great, fantastic. It's been postponed. Why? Do not know have no idea. I need to look into that, but I just saw that it has been postponed. Then we've got the Norwegian. So obviously that's been postponed, but the Norwegian CrossFit Championship is February 14th to 16th. Okay. And then after that, we've got one of the big ones. Um, now, obviously, you know, the Norwegian CrossFit Championship elite individuals and team will get their invite. Then we've got, I, I just really want to mention this one. So obviously there's 28. I'm not going to go through all of them. We will talk about them each week. But February 20th to 23rd in Miami, Florida is Waterpalooza. So Waterpalooza CrossFit Festival is going to be the who's who of CrossFit. So Sam Briggs and Mikey Smith. So Mikey Smith's from Ireland. Uh, Sam Briggs, obviously from the UK. They're on a team competing in the lead teams obviously Sam Briggs is going individual but she's competing in the teams Mayhem Freedom are going to be there so that's going to be great we've also got individuals such as Yonikoski, Sarah Sigmund's daughter Alex Smith Tia Toomey 
Willie George, Jessica Griffith, Amanda Barnhart, Adrian Munweiler, Cole Sager. I mean, if that wasn't enough, Saxon Panchik, Daniel Brandon. It'll be interesting to see her again now against Tia and Sarah. Chander Smith, Will Morad. Really want Will, Will Morad to just step it up a bit more in one of these. I know he's been struggling with injuries, but he really is one of my favorites. Carrie Pierce, Noah Olson, Patrick Valner, who is the defending champion. Danny Spiegel, Ben Smith, Brooke Wells. Wow. Wow. That is, that is a lineup. I will say that. So I'm really looking forward to that. Coming up, obviously UFC 247, so lots of stuff coming up. We found out that Kamaru Usman is probably going to fight Jorge Masvidal. I get it. I do get it. I think Leon, Leon Edwards deserves it, but how do they... It It is... They do want to make money, so they need to pick something that will obviously um, bring in the eyes. And Leon Edwards, he's absolutely brilliant, but people just aren't on that on that train yet. And he has a loss against Usman even though he's worked his way back up even Usman said it he has a loss so I get why Jorge Masvidal and apparently they had some words I did think that it was going to be Masvidal versus Connor but I suppose you know they want to make the most out of Connor so they're waiting for whoever wins between Khabib and Tony and they're all, I think the people are glossing over Tony, which is crazy to me. I think if anyone has the best chance of getting Khabib, it's Tony. Apparently even Edson Barboza was saying that. So that's, yeah, that's coming up. Usman versus Masvidal. I would favor Usman, but obviously Masvidal is a brilliant all-round fighter. But I do favor Masvidal. Now, obviously I'm not an expert fight analyst, but I do listen to a lot of them and... I myself, just from watching for years, would um, favor Usman, but even the the analysts are saying the same. Well, all the ones that I've listened to. So, yeah, so that's coming up. That should be interesting. So that'll be, but that'll only be International Fight Week. We still have a lot to look forward to now. I think even before that, they're wanting to do, it's either before, yeah, I think before that, Zahudo versus Aldo, not sure why that's happening. I mean, I know why, but hopefully Aldo can get it done. I don't think he deserves a title shot over people like Sterling, who I know has been injured, but still, Peter Jan, Piotr Jan, he, he needs to get that. But I suppose people are scared of him because they're not going to get a lot of rub, you know, a lot of money fighting him because he's not super famous yet, you know, but... He still is the deserving title challenger. But anyway, does Cejudo care? No, apparently he doesn't care if he fights a man or a woman. So. Okay, so just to finish off, uh, just a few recommendations. So book recommendations. I would like to recommend the Irish author John Connolly. He is my absolute favorite. So my favorite American author would be Jonathan Kellerman, among others. But he just, his um, Alex Dalloway series is brilliant. But John Connolly has the Charlie Parker series, which are absolutely excellent. I cannot recommend them enough. I've read most of them over and over. So that would be, I'm rereading The Whisperers at the moment. Then recommendations for podcasts. I really love the co-main event podcast with Ben Folks and Chad Dundas, who are hilarious. 
I love Heavy Hands with uh, Connor Rubush and Dr. Phil McKenzie. I hope I'm saying those names right. Well, Phil McKenzie, I'm saying right, but Connor, do excuse me if not. I also love Morning Combat with Brian Campbell and Luke Thomas. Luke Thomas is one of my absolute favorites because he doesn't pull any punches. He just says it how, how it is. He He's very, very knowledgeable. I found that I've learned so much about watching fights from him. He's he's extremely intelligent, very just such a great, great mind. So and Brian Campbell is hilarious. So the two of them, obviously, also very knowledgeable, but he's hilarious and he's just his references to music and movies is very funny. They they're very good together. I do like the Below the Belt with Brendan Sharp. I find that interesting. He is funny. So those are the ones. Now I'd also listen to true crime ones. Well, I listen to Talking Elite Fitness for my CrossFit stuff. I do enjoy that one. Um, and there's an Irish one recently, Coffee Pods and Wads, which is really great. So those are the podcasts, shows. I love French shows on Netflix. At the moment, we're watching Black Spot. That is Ozone Blanche, I think it's in French. But it's really good. And obviously it's subtitled, but excellent. I also watch The Chalet or La Chalet and The Forest. So really, those are all recommendations. Really enjoyed it. I also enjoyed The Sinner. I watched, now I watched, by mistake, we watched Julian first. But it's actually Cora is the first one with um, Jessica Biel. Really good. Excellent. Bill Pullman, he is strange. Strange in it. I will say that. But great. So those are my recommendations. Just the last thing, I was listening to True Crime Garage today, which I love, I love with the captain and Nick. And I listened to a podcast about a guy named Grant Amato, who spent $100,000 of his parents' money, stole that money from his parents. He was down and out, lost his job his because of stealing uh, medication. He stole that money and spent it on a cam girl, a webcam girl in Bulgaria. 100,000? And then I think about 60,000 from other people. So 160,000. On a, for what? This was, I mean, I get, you know, I don't understand it because I don't live my life online. So, and obviously I don't know what's going on in his head, but the whole thing is just crazy to me. Then he ended up, he ended up murdering his brother, his father, and his mom because they said he couldn't see this girl anymore. 29 years old. He even wiped his father's thumb clean of blood. Well, this is what they suspect. Obviously, he's never admitted to that. He was found guilty uh, and sentenced to life. But he wiped his father's finger clean of blood so that he could use his thumb to open the phone and get access to his money. And he tried to frame his brother by dragging the body or to repositioning or putting the gun somewhere. I don't remember exactly, but repositioning so that it looked like a murder-suicide. That's disgusting. For what? For for a woman across the world that on a cam on a webcam. Now I know I I'm not saying that there isn't more to it. Obviously, I'm not a psychologist and I'm not pretending to be. Just it is. It's such a sad story. It's so sad. And then there was another one about Marlene Warren. This was on criminology, criminology with Mike Ferguson and Mike Morford. I also listen to I listen to Mike Ferguson's other one, True Crime, all the time with Gibby. Gibby is my favorite. 
but on Criminology, I spoke about Marnie Warren. Now, I have heard this story before on a different true crime podcast, but I just wanted to listen to it again because she was killed by a clown. Someone dressed up as a clown at her door shot her. Yeah, I have always said that clowns are evil. So I, I guess I was proved right. But I think uh, it was his, her... I think, you see, this the case is ongoing at the moment. The last time I checked, I haven't checked recently, but it is ongoing and, and they think it's the mistress at the time, the the husband's mistress, and they later got married after he got out of jail for some for other stuff. Oh, what a story. Fact is often stranger than fiction, right? Okay, so that's it for me for this week. I hope you have an absolutely fantastic week, whatever you're doing. Just stay stay safe and stay fit.